Welcome to the Holmes Politicast. I'm Thomas. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the legislature bringing charges against Governor Whitmer. We're going to be talking about the coronavirus, the effects that, that it's having on the local community, our community right here in Michigan. We're going to be looking at, I, I got a response from uh, Michael Arnold, so we're going to be taking a look at that as well. But first, we want to talk to you about how the show is going to be going from now on. I, I hinted a little bit that we were going to change the show's format. So we want to bring you updates on that. So here's how this is going to work. Uh, we've talked it over. We've decided that we are each going to have our own show. We will be releasing still on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, Jim will be releasing his own show on Wednesday, and I will be releasing my own show both on Wednesday and Friday. So, they will all be released under the Holmes Politicast RSS feed. So, they will all look exactly the same. You know, we'll have them titled Jim's, you know, Jim's... I forgot how to describe it, but we'll have them titled. Um, <laughs> so... That's where we're going to go with that. We're, we'll still be getting together to collaborate. We're following another successful business model that's already been proven effective. So that's what we're going with. We will have special events. Uh, I'm in talks about a Facebook or uh, I'm in talks about a website right now where we can you know have special events and uh, just lo- lots of new changes coming. So I wanted to work on the show over the summer. So that's what we're going to do it and. By golly, we're starting to do it. So, Jim, did you want to say anything about uh, what people can be looking for on your show? Uh, no, just the same culture and politics. And as we get closer to the election, I'll probably be doing a lot of election okay. stories. All right. In, in a, couple, a couple of months now, yeah. when the election gets started. Sweet. So I think this will give us give our listeners a little more variety. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then, of course, we'll still be coming together to do the big stuff. Yeah. So, let's talk first. Well, I guess we already had our first uh, our first talk. Um, so, any any questions about you know the show? Um, if you want to know anything, all our content will still be free. We're not changing that at all. Unless you want to give us money, then uh, we'll take your money if you'd like. But uh, all of our content is still free for listeners. We will have paid content soon in the future. Uh, that's coming down the pike, so be looking for that. We're also going to be quite possibly opening a Holmes Politicast uh, store, so that may come with the website. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. These are all just ideas bouncing around in my head. So, wanted to get them out to the listeners, get some, uh, you know, some urgency there to move forward with all that. All right. So now that we've given you a little bit of an update on that, I want to move into the coronavirus update. Um, lots happened since the last show and uh, my interview. I didn't really talk any talk at all about what you know what's been going on. So, so April thirtieth is when the legislature got together to vote on Whitmer's stay-at-home order extension. Under the Michigan Constitution, despite what everybody that's not... Actually, there's there's something I want to talk about in here. But uh, despite what everybody says, uh, you do not get two laws of emergency power. You get one. The newer one overrides the older one. And the 1776 Act 390 states very clearly that the governor needs legislator approval to add any more than the initial 28 days. She's had that. She's gotten one extension. She is not going to get another one. The same day, Whitmer goes up and around the legislature and says, "Well, I'm, I'm going to give these. Exe- I'm going to issue these executive orders anyway, and you're not going to have a say in it." So she extended the stay-at-home order. She thinks until May twenty-seventh. Yes, May twenty-seventh. Twenty-eighth. 
28th. I don't know. One of those. May 27th or 28th. One of those two. So, the legislature then decided that they are going to sue Governor Whitmer. So, this is becoming quite a show here in Lansing. Or, they're over there in Lansing, here in Michigan. The governor obviously doesn't have this kind of constitutional power. And I'm curious as to see what what the legislature... Like, I don't think they'd, they'd sue unless they knew they had a case. Yeah, I would doubt it. Or at least they think... I mean, they would assume they... Yeah, they would think they have a case, but... Yeah. I mean... But I, I don't see how the governor could win. I mean, if the Supreme Court... Or the Michigan Supreme Court, if it's fair. I mean, I don't know the makeup of it. I mean, if it's real liberal, they might... If they just do politics, they might side with the governor, but... Yeah. But if they go with the Constitution, I don't see how she could win. No. So, I think I mentioned that Michael Arnold messaged me back. He listened to the show, or he listened to my, my interview. So, he did... So, Michael Arnold actually responded to me on this after the uh, show. And he said, of the laws in Michigan, he said the other is a layman's interpretation of 1945 law and the 1976 law, which specifically states that it doesn't supersede the original. I don't quite know how to respond to that. Uh, I said the original claim was that I made was that within law, precedence is taken by the most recent of the laws. You do not get both of them. You cannot enact one, and then when your power runs out on one, enact the other one. That's not how law works. Saying, well, layman could interpret it differently, eh, no. You know, I'm just going to go with no. That's an opinion. That is not a fact. That has no legal precedence. I appreciate the answer, but that's not how this works. So, there were other things uh, that I may uh, get to on my show, uh, but I don't want to hog the entire time here today. Uh, there's there's quite a bit on here. Uh, he's got another reply from one of the other admins of the group. So, there could be a lot to get into uh, there on the show. But again, it's, there's a lot here. So, Whitmer's executive orders. Technically, right now, we are not under lockdown. The, if, you know, for being true to the Constitution, there is no reason that we have to listen to anything Governor Whitmer says at this point. Are you pausing for comment? <laughs> you no, know, I don't know. I've been talking for a while, and... Uh, I, I, it seems like a lot of people uh, have taken that to heart because there's been a lot of people downtown Grand Haven. Yeah. Like a lot. Like annoying amount of people again because it's beginning summer in Grand Haven. Yeah, it's really nice out. People yeah. want to get out. and Yeah. So it seems like some people aren't listening no matter what she says now. Yeah. At least, you know, in West Michigan. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that really shows, like, people just aren't going aren't, aren't gonna to remain in their houses forever. You're not going to do it, especially in areas that aren't seeing any impact from it. You know, Grand Haven, Ottawa County. It's not fair to say, you know, oh, you've got no problem, but also your businesses can't operate. So... There's also a lot of concern in the UP right now because they have a lot of older people and they've been successfully like keeping out COVID-19, which would affect the old people. But like they're scared that opening back up too soon and everybody brings it up that it's going to like wipe out a lot of their population and they don't have hospitals that can handle like large numbers and they're very spread out. So it's like, how how should we balance this? 
That's just one of the things that I've been wondering. Like, where it's like, that's, I mean, that's unfortunate unless, you know, you can keep people off your own property, but you don't own all the property. Sorry. If you don't like it, that's tough. Stay on your own property and shoot anybody that comes on it. That's fine. That is, that is 100% American. What is not American is saying you must stay in your house. You must remain quarantined. You, you not sick person because I'm scared for my life. That is not, no. That is not how freedom works. That's not how the Constitution works. That's not how most Americans are going to work. And uh, obviously that's not how the, the uh, protesters down in Lansing were going to work. I mean, we're, we're just not going to deal with it. We, we have a Constitution that dictates how we deal with yeah. these things. We are not going to have Queen Whitmer dictating from above without any legislative oversight, you know, how... Mich- all Michiganders are going to respond to this COVID nineteen deal. It's just not, no. Right. Well, that well that that's why I'm I'm just asking like yeah, because I've heard those reports where everybody in the UP is freaking out because if she opens up the state again, they're scared that it's going to come up there and get them. Well, well it, yeah. it it shouldn't. That's yeah. I mean, the people that are going to die of this disease, unless you hide in your house for the next year. If you are going to die from this disease, then you're going to die from this disease. That's unfortunate. People live, people die. You cannot keep an entire economy shut down just because you're scared of the end. You know, if you're if you're an 80-year-old living up in the UP, fine, stay in your house. Nobody's going to make you go out. Nobody's going to make you interact with people. But you cannot keep the entire economy shut down based on your selfish desires. This might be covered, so I'm going to just... Um, did you talk in your interview one about like what, cause I know you said he quoted one that was obsolete and there's one in like the seventies, I think you said Yes. that updated it. Did you talk about what that was and why that limits her power and everything? No. So the updated law actually gave her more power. Oh. The, the original emergency act of 1945 gives the governor 14 days um, for an emergency, 14 days of executive privilege, and then the, the legislature must be involved. The updated law gives her 28 days, twice as long. They are trying to mash those together and get... Well, I think she started with the right law. She started with the, the 1776 law. She got her extension, and now she's trying to activate the 1945 law to get another 14 days. This is not going to happen. This, that's not how these things work. So yeah, I did. I did go over that, and I actually went over the fact that uh, uh, this this uh, um, group that Michael Arnold is a part of um, is sharing the 1945 law as if that's the first one that we listened to, which is much less you know clear and direct. Uh, gives the governor much less oversight or much less accountability like she it doesn't stipulate what all the governor can do mm-hmm. but the newer one gives her a longer time and stipulates what she can do so that's the difference between the two laws and that's why you know they're they're not to be used concurrently yeah. mm-hmm. so but we can still get in trouble if we like no so that's no. that's the thing is that the gut the, even an emergency the governor can't doesn't have any authority over individuals except yeah. unless they break the law, and this is not a law. It's a, it's an executive order. She can order businesses because they own the license, because the state license a business. So this whole time that everybody's been it's a strong fines. It, it's a strong suggestion. Yeah. Just like if there was a hurricane and they said it's a ev- mandatory evacuation, you have to leave. The cops can't arrest you and force you to leave your home. Right. It's just saying, this is an extreme emergency. You need to leave. But if you don't, well, that's your problem, you know. It's yeah. your own fault. And it's the same thing. When she says, everyone needs to stay in their home, she can't legally, unless she puts a guard outside everyone's house. Right. Which even then would make constitutional, but that's the only way she can enforce it, is you walk out your door, you get shot. Yep. Right. You know, it's just a, it's just a, um, that's why the cops aren't arresting people at the beach. They're complaining about it, and they're saying, you guys need to be in your home, but. They're not going to arrest everybody because you can't legally tell people they can't leave their home. 
But most people will be good citizens and say, well, the governor must know somewhat what she's talking about. So we'll, I mean, you know, you just give the credit at least at first. Yeah. Now people are starting to wonder, but at first everyone's like, well, you know, we're going to have to give her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, yeah. you know, like we're seeing the coronavirus going around. Yeah. I don't know. She's got people around her. She thinks right. this is a good idea. Let's right. do it. But after a while, if people venture out, they can't really, yeah. unless I mean, it's like private property or something like that, they can't tell you, you can't go out. Right. And you want to believe that your government has your best interests in mind. And usually they do at the beginning. I'm talking about with tyranny. Yeah. Like, you know, like Tom talked about a couple of weeks ago, most people who are become dictators, like, you know, don't start off thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to take over all power. Right. You right. know, they start off with good intentions, but then the more power they have, the harder it is to give it up. Mm-hmm. And, and you start worrying about, you know, you just start worrying more and more. Like my dad talks about this. We had a, a break-in, not our house, but down the road once at our house. This was several years ago. And we used to never lock our doors. And then we had the break-in, and so my dad was like, well, I'm going to lock the door before I go to bed. And then, like, a couple of days later, he started thinking, but what if they just broke the door in? You know, so I need to put, like, a stronger lock, you know, to make sure that the door mm-hmm. can't be kicked in. And then... So he put that in, and then he thought, but what if they break through the window to get in? And then he starts thinking, well, should I get some kind of barrier for the windows? And, you know, and he told me later, he's like, I just became obsessed with it, thinking if someone wants to break in, how can we prevent it? And it just became bigger and bigger. He's like, pretty soon, I mean, I basically, is like, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, we need a moat, and we need all the, you know, alligators, and we need all the stuff to protect my family. And he's like, and I realized I was just blowing some proportion. It was just one robbery down the road. Yeah. Nothing even happened in our house. But as I just started thinking more and more about how to protect my family, I started thinking, well, that isn't enough. I need to do more. But then if they get through that, what am I going to do then? Maybe we need to have two doors, you know, or like a metal door and, a, you know, it, and that's what happens lots of times. You know, like you start off good. The governor's like, well, everyone just needs to stay indoors. And then pretty soon it's like, but what if... What if, you know, what if this happens? Then, okay, so I don't want to release it because what happens if we have a second wave? And, you know, and, then, you know, and I'm sure that she just starts to compound this in her head. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to let go of any power, not because she wants to be like a dictator, but she just starts thinking of the worst case scenario. And, you know, if we allow them to go out to the beach, well, then what if people started getting it? Then the hospitals become overwhelmed and then we can't, you know, then we can't open up for another year and then our economy crashes and all that. So everyone just stay indoors. The more you stay indoors, it'll pass. And then, you know, and then we can get back to business. But, you know, and, and she's even said that this is going to make it go longer. I mean, she said, you know, that these people, they think that they're doing a good thing going out and protesting, but all they're doing is prolonging this to keep the shutdown longer. You know, and that's how she's thinking. That they're coming out here and it's going to make it worse. And then we're going to have to have the longer shutdown. So if they just stay inside. It, so you can see. That so it's just like a slow like, progressive. Yeah. Slow She's progression. Like ruling by worry. And that's what, and James Madison talked about that. You know, our fourth president, he made the comment that, you know, if tyranny comes to America, it won't be just like one giant power grab. It'll be slow, you know. One thing, and then another thing, and then another thing. You, you know, know, it won't be just like one day, like, okay, everyone's under martial law. It'll be a slow, progressive pop process. So it may be that Whitmer isn't doing this consciously either, but, like, the things that, like, yeah, the areas in which she's taken power kind of show where her motivations are, too. Like, mm-hmm. elective surgeries are not allowed but you can still have abortions which i don't understand that at all is yeah. that is it an abortion and elective surgery yeah you'd think so uh yeah so elective surgeries are not allowed abortions are allowed so i couldn't get a, a wart removed no. but a woman can have a baby removed yeah both Maybe. types of abortion are still allowed yeah okay. i think just... all types of i think abortion clinics have had no hindrance okay i'm just wondering yeah because um, I know there's one type like in early pregnancy that is just pills 
So that's why I was wondering yeah. if it was both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, they're still ripping babies out of the womb and sucking them apart. And... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's that kind of shows... I mean, she's not going to take power from Democrats. Right. She's not right. going to take away things that Democrats like. Mm-hmm. She's going to take away things Republicans want. Yeah. Churches are closed, but you can still go to the grocery market, supermarket, you know? Yeah. The, she, I mean, she's... Well, she claims that that's, like, you can still social distance in grocery stores, and you can't really do that in churches. Yeah, she's stupid. I mean, I'm you, just saying. Like, yeah, I, I know I, I know what I, she's saying, but... I suggested having a, a church service outside. I think that's a great idea. But, you know, that that's, that's what I mean. Like, you can still social distance at church. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could theoretically have everyone sit apart from each other, you know, redo the seats. We don't have pews, so it's not like you can't just move everyone apart. I mean, you know, that's what I think Tom and I talked about this before mm-hmm. too. Like even in movie theaters, just sell half the tickets, you know, so yeah. that you don't have the full house, you know. Yeah, and then you could still open church, them up. Especially um, because the foyer has those mm-hmm. speakers. Right. Like you can do the distance. Yeah, or outside, like apart. like Tom said, you could do a service outside. Um, yeah. There are there are things you could do, but um, but like Tom was hinting at, it, you know, you have a tendency to want to protect your base. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there would be outrage among her base if she canceled abortions. Yeah. But her base really, for the most part, aren't going to be fundamentalist Christians. I mean, there might be a few, but for the most part, you know. So if she offends them, well, I don't really care. You know, that's not as important to her reelection as. Uh, is if she went after her own, right? Her base. So, but uh, yeah, but she's just not thinking clearly, like we said. I, I mean, I, I don't want to cast aspersions. I don't know if she's ever gone to church. I don't know anything about her religious background. But you would think she would have people who could say these things could be open, just you know, not maybe at full capacity or gyms. Right. Right. Just make sure that you know you just take out some of the equipment, you know, so that people aren't as close. You know, I mean, there's. Things you could do. And either way, she's not being actually honest about <clears throat> right. a lot of the information either. Um, she still hasn't came out and said that you know most of the cases are, even in Michigan, the deaths are over 65 with pre-existing conditions. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for her to say that. Yeah. I haven't seen her say it once. Have no. Of you? Nope. I still haven't heard her say anything about the fact that kids are, you know, kids being tested positive. And showing symptoms are still like just barely out of double digits. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard anything about that. Um, some of the guys uh, from this group kind of addressed it, but yeah, they basically just said, "Oh, you just can't look at one aspect." Well, isn't that what they're doing? They're looking mm-hmm. at the deaths and yeah. saying we need to make policy based on deaths. Mm-hmm. That's that's a single issue policy, and that's a horrible way to make policy. Yeah. You don't just look at a single issue and then make policy that way. No, no uh, policymaker that has ever made policy just looks at a single issue and says, I'm going to make a blanket policy to cover this specific issue. Mm-hmm. That's not how it's done. There are multiple right. considerations, multiple concerns. And I think Governor Whitmer just has one consideration in her mind, and that's deaths. I've seen that argument made by a lot of uh, people who are opposed to the excessive quarantine. Yeah. Where they've they've compared how many deaths from the flu are there how many deaths from car accidents are there you know because if you just look at the amount of people that died but you don't look at that in perspective of the population or if yeah. you just hear the number it sounds really scary yeah. you know like if you say 60,000 people have died here well you know if you run that by the population and where exactly people are dying well it's not it's not quite a fair analysis of the entire state. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just, uh, I saw another statistic that uh, you won't, you won't see the mainstream media reporting on. So this is the second thing now, the second thing <laughs> that we are reporting on before Ab Live, Detroit uh, Free Press, Detroit okay. News, click on Detroit. This is going to be our second, second original story. Like a the scoop. Mainstream You've media. got a scoop. We've got the exclusive scoop. Mm-hmm. So Crane Detroit Business reports it. But they're behind a paywall, so you mm-hmm. gotta pay to you know, mm. get their information. Um, but Crane's report, Crane's Detroit Business reports: one in three Michigan residents with COVID nineteen are now considered recovered, 
having lived more than 30 days since testing positive for the novel coronavirus mm-hmm. that has claimed the lives of 4,049 of the state's representatives over the past, or the state's residents over the past eight weeks. Of more than 43,000 people have tested positive for COVID-19, 15,659 have survived more than 30 days, according to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. In a week-long period ending Friday, more than 7,300 Michigan residents had recovered from the illness, an 88% week-over-week increase. Since April 18th, the total number of recoveries has increased nearly five-fold, from 3,237 to 15,659, according to state data. So that's going to be another thing that, like... The recovery. We don't yeah. hear a lot of people how many people are recovering from I haven't this. heard anything from Whitman We hear recovery. how many people have been have contracted it. Yeah. But we haven't heard how many people are recovering from it as opposed to how many people are dying. Yeah. And how filled the hospitals are, how many beds, how many extra beds right. we have. Um, and I saw today uh, in South Korea, the scientists have said that they have proven or they have found through their studies that a person who has it cannot be reinfected with it. Really? And this is something that, again, in, in the United States, at least they haven't been reporting. Yeah. You know, there's still this fear that, well, if you've where, had it... Where did you find that reported? This was on... It was on a Euronews television. They had a thing at the bottom. I think the CDC reported it. But I'll have to find this. Did you guys hear GRD said released uh, less than 550 new cases of COVID in Michigan. What? Less than 550 new cases in Michigan as of yesterday. So it's like mm-hmm. spread is stopping. Yup. It's the flattening the curve, which was why we originally. Oh, we flattened the curve a while ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hill says, no evidence of coronavirus reinfections, South Korean researchers say. Researchers in South Korea say reports of recovered coronavirus patients testing positive for COVID-19 for a second time are due to a testing error and not reinfection. South Korea's infectious disease experts said Thursday that dead virus fragments picked up by COVID-19 tests likely caused more than 260 people in the country to test positive again for the coronavirus days and sometimes weeks after making full recoveries. So maybe they didn't absolutely prove, maybe they didn't say that it, you can't get it, but that the, they were false positives, that people were getting it. Okay. So yeah, another thing you won't hear reported. But and even, media. and they even say Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said that because the virus doesn't seem to be mutating, it's unlikely people will become reinfected. Yeah. So so the people who are recovering, at least according to this data that we have at this point, don't seem, there doesn't seem to be like there's going to be a second wave of people getting it a second time. Yeah. You know, it'll be just people who haven't got it before getting it for the first time. And all of this is evidence that we should not, never have locked down. I mean, I... Everybody went with the lockdown because we had no evidence. Right. Now yeah. we have different evidence. We need to do a, we need to take a different tactic. And that's what a lot of people a lot of these people are just ignoring mm-hmm. the the hard evidence that it's killing old people, the rest of us are gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. So you uh you were there with a small group, uh Scott asked me to talk to him after the Yeah, thing. I heard that, yeah. So he is called this me. Name that we should be saying. We didn't say his last name. Yeah, is okay. no, wanna... nobody's gonna be able to find Scott. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, yes. Scott I'm, from small group. I was I'm, talking to I'm him, just guys. Making sure that he... <laughs> no, he's fine. So I was talking to him. This dude is like 85, 86. He's 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 getting up there. He's getting up there. He he said, "I am so dang tired of Governor Whitmer not following the Constitution. I just, like I just want to go out and get the virus and get it over with." And I'm like. Uh, oh, hold on there. Slow down. Slow down there, buckaroo. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's maybe you let the young people get infected and then we'll hang yeah. out. We'll share the antibodies with you. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't um, need our elderly taking the risks. No. They've, no. they've fought through so, wars and gone through a lot of things. And... So, I mean, obviously, so anybody that says I just want old people to die is obviously lying. Yeah. 
if you characterize our arguments that way anymore, you're a liar. You know, we're not going to listen to you. Our argument is that old people are the ones that are dying. Young people need to get back to work. The elderly can shelter in place. They can take precautions. And they should. And they should. They should. Yeah. In the pandemic, you know, like, they have this unemployment pandemic where it's like, if you're not high risk or, you know, like, if you're not immunodeficient, if you're not old, like, why not save this money that I'm now getting because I can't work for two months and give it to the people who are at risk? Because that would make sense. And we can't have that because... Because government. Government. It's the last time we get to do that. So critical yeah. thinking. Yeah, critical thinking. So yeah. it, would, it would help the un- it would it would help a lot of things uh, because we could get the unemployment down mm-hmm. because we'd have all these younger people who could fill the jobs that older people now can't do because of the yeah. coronavirus. You know, so you could actually kill. Uh, I hate to use the word kill, but you could t- kill two birds with one stone here. Yeah, you know they can they can be safe at home collecting retirement or social security or getting a special fund to help them get through the virus, and the young people can get out there and, and take the jobs, and we wouldn't have this mass unemployment, and people who have to pay off their student loans can get jobs, and yeah, you know and all I this kind of stuff. I don't think uh, the stay at home people really understand that you cannot just shut down the entire revenue stream for the government and then expect the government to continue to give stuff to you ad infinitum. That's not how it works. They have a revenue source. That is the small businesses that are dying right now. Mm -hmm. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, where's all this money coming? Yeah, I was wondering about that. They're printing it. They're just printing it off. They're they're printing money right now because that's the only way... They can pay for it, but that's going to destroy. Yeah. yeah, it's going to destroy the dollar first. Yeah. we're going to have massive inflation, and that's and, and that's, you can't do it forever. You yeah. can't just keep printing money forever. And I'm sorry, but that's what Mr. Stay at Home to defeat COVID nineteen doesn't understand is all the people that are going to be paying for your medical services in the future. We need jobs. Yeah, we need to be able to fund the government, especially if you want some kind of government health care, which I assume you would. You're right. Kind of seem like you're on the left. Forgive me if I'm assuming, and you're listening and you get pissed, but mm-hmm. I'm going to assume you're on the left. You want government health care. Uh, we're going to need some revenue source for that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should open up the businesses. The, send people that are not mm-hmm. at risk. Not send them, but allow them to get back to yeah. work. You yeah. know, I'm not, if you don't want to work, fine. But yeah. I don't think the government should be paying for you if you're young and healthy and you right. can work and just don't want to, even in a quote-unquote pandemic. And yeah. the the hype, the overhyping that is coming from this is just crazy. I know we talk about that all the time on the show, but Gary, H1 Gary H1 Peters never got this kind of attention, right? Um, Senator Gary Peters has talked about this is I think his election day strategy is to talk about giving more money, paying people's rent for the next you know six or seven months. Yeah, they're bribing people. You know, and I'm thinking, money. how on earth are you going to pay for this if nobody's working? Mm-hmm. Where's the government going to get money to pay off everybody's mortgage and student loans? And and then on top of that, and, Whitmer promised uh, frontline workers free college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where is, do you know where your money comes from? Governor Whitmer, you do not know how to read the Constitution, but please, at least tell me you know where your money comes from. Like, yeah, I, it, it's not, it's not me paying my taxes from Pizza Hut. That's not where your that's not where your bucks are coming from. Aren't all of our frontline workers already graduated? The the you think the winky there, Bullwinkle? No, Rocky. Nah, that's Bullwinkle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think though there, Winky Rocky? Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. I was just thinking about the free. College, um, but I didn't think about it. Yeah, yes, most they, they've of, most already of them. got their education. So, yes. what exactly is she promising them? Like, I don't know. You know she wants them all. To she wants to promise government. homeowners that you'll get a house in the future. And yeah, <laughs> when government promises you things, they're lying to you. Uh, we all know that they're promising you your own money. That's all they're doing, or they're promising you somebody else's money. Yeah, they have no money of their own to give to you. So. And that's why I did. I hated that phrasing. People said, you know, the government's going to give you twelve hundred dollars. Like, no. no, they're not giving us twelve. It's not like they have an account of money and they're going to just yeah. give it to us. Yeah. They're giving us back our own money that they they took. Yeah, 
you know, and obviously they don't need if they can afford to give it back. Right. <laughs> so you know, why did we pay that in the first place? I mean, if, you know. And you know dang well they're going to get it back. Somewhere. Yeah, and they're, oh, they're yeah. going to get it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't just hand you back things for nothing. But I think we really need to start looking at deficits. I mean, because part of the reason that we can't sustain this is because our country is in a ridiculous deficit. We it already is. owe so much money. Uh, businesses, like... If our country is going to want the authority to be able to shut down all businesses, mm-hmm. they need to have the cash to back it up. We either need some kind of we need our our country in a surplus of money, mm-hmm. which would require not spending it all the second, yeah, the year before we get it, the twenty years before we twenty get years it. before we get it, yeah. um, and I, I mean just spending it smarter, cutting some of the social programs. Um, well, there's a ton we could cut. I mean, there's so many we could cut. Yeah. But I just hate to single out social programs because that's what the stereotype is that Republicans just want people to die and suffer. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, they, but well, they, it's they, not just social programs that I want to see cut. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be cut. It's so. the soft racism of assuming yeah. that, you know, black people are the ones on unemployment and yeah. food stamps and that Republicans just hate black people. So that's why they want to get rid of these programs. When in reality, yeah. I just believe black people can succeed a lot more if you stop telling them that they're oppressed and stop trying yeah. to play a nanny state. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the government ain't your daddy. All right? You need your daddy. Uh, and <laughs> the government ain't your daddy. <laughs> so you double down. <laughs> we, I, all start, double we all start laughing <laughs> how, how that sounded. So you're like, oh, let me do it again. <laughs> all right, cringe. Um, and you just wanted to see me cringe I did. Again. I did. I just wanted to make my sister cringe hard. Uh, no. Uh, but I agree. The Democrats are, in theory, a lot more racist. Oh yeah, because they believe that Joe, you, you Joe ha- Biden. Joe Biden actually accidentally said the quiet part out loud because he's senile now. Which oh, uh, black kids or poor kids can make just as much as white kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, and we're the ones always thinking about race. But you know? I, I mean, they they tend to believe that you need a white person or the federal government to help blacks or women yeah or anything because they can't make it on their own yeah um republicans or libertarians or on the more conservative side believe that everybody can make it in this country yeah if you just work hard and you you know that there's no deficiency black people aren't aren't dumber than white people they aren't weaker they aren't handicapped because of their color no we believe they're equal they can make it just as much but democrats like no no Black person can't make it. I, I don't know yeah. what the reasoning is. Maybe they think black people are stupider. Maybe they think that well, they get away with it by you know, saying but, that but, all white people are oppressing them. Yeah, but you know that's that's the idea when you boil it down. Yeah, that they believe a black person can't make it in this country unless they have a white person or the government to lift them up because they're just incapable of doing it on their own. Exactly. You know, so it's just it's it's just a I hate it. It's just a racist belief that that there's somehow inferior women, blacks, Mexicans. They're all inferior. It is. You know, they're, yeah. they're inferior to the white man. The white man can make it. But if you're a woman, if you're blacks, you can't do anything without us. If women anybody cuts this inferior. out of if anybody cuts this out of context, you're gonna be flamed for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh. That's true. That's why I love Faith Ann. Eat it medium. She's matter. my favorite. But there might be other people. Yeah. Especially if I run for office someday. They'll, yeah. They'll find these clubs. They will find those clubs. Yeah. Yes. And so make sure you keep copies of these oh, on file oh. so yeah, that's that all backed up. Yeah. So I can I can go back and be like, let me show you the full context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know. So uh, I thought this was really interesting uh, article on M Live today. Governor Whitmer has issued sixty nine exe- executive orders in fifty six days. In fifty six days. In That's 56 more than days. one a day. Yes, that is more than one a day. Yep. Yeah. That was just that was all about that. I've I've. I've exhausted myself. Well, yeah, but it's a good it's a good hour. statistic though, just to know that yeah. she's issued that many. Yeah. She did, like what was it like four after the legislative whatever meeting on the thirtieth. Yep. So. Yep. And I'm wondering, man, I can't wait to see where that goes. And and it's interesting that when she runs for election, she's going to call them a do nothing legislature. Yeah. You know she is like. Oh, yeah. They didn't do anything. Well. You know, no, we said no. They tried, <laughs> and you just went around them. They tried to yeah. do something about the roads, and you said nope. Yep. You know, they tr- they tried to do something about the emergency. I don't even want you guys to meet. I'm going to override everything you guys do. Yeah. You know, but that's what her she will use that. They didn't accomplish anything. 
Didn't do anything. You know. Have you seen the memes where it's Governor Whitmer and it says, it's my way or the highways I didn't fix? Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's funny. Oh. I'm about to find that one. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. Did you talk about what that guy said to you? Replied back after your interview? Yeah, he, little, he talked a little, a little bit, bit about it. Yeah, he, he talked, talked about a little it. bit about it. There's, there's a lot more in there. He was uh, going to save some of that for his show. Oh, that's when okay, he does. You know, we can, we can, because we don't have very much. You know, we can, we can uh, discuss that a I'm little sure bit. I'm sure there'll be enough news to cover. You know. It oh yeah. Take much to get time off. Ranting. No, it doesn't. So, yeah, I said uh, the layman's thing. He says he finds some issue with me saying that he doesn't understand the plight of small business owners, um, which, I mean, of course, you're always going to think you understand what, you know, that's that's just going to be, uh, that's a difference of opinion. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did, I actually promised him that I would mention this on the show, that uh, they have not pursued uh, boycotts of businesses or anybody that's, uh, advocating for the other side. Oh, okay. I did get kicked out of the group, but he said that he doesn't think it's because of the podcast. But you didn't do anything in the group, so... Yeah. You got kicked out for no reason? He says he thinks that one of the other admins kicked me out. Uh, he didn't do it. But we'll see if they let me back in. If not, I'm going to assume that something's hiding nefarious in there. Or he doesn't want me to see something, or mm-hmm. because I did, I did catch him out on a couple things where he was like, and and you know he's saying we have some trolls reporting legit posts as hate speech when they aren't trying to get the group shut down. Yeah, you no, know, which I guess I can understand, but yeah, uh, we'll you know we'll see where it goes. One, he did have a reply to about the show from one of his fellow admins from the epidemiologist, the fundamental flaw is his reasoning is his complete misunderstanding of the mortality rate. He's assuming that because the mortality is highest among people 65 and older, that it is practically zero in everyone else. First, that's just wrong. That's just wrong data to follow. Well, no, it's not. That's data I've looked at. Um, I saw the graph. Uh, I've looked at the deaths by age. Mm-hmm. And that's it's not wrong data. I don't know. How, it's from the CDC. I don't know. Yeah. I, I showed you the graph, right? Yeah. You saw the graph. I, saw it. <laughs> it does, I just wrong data. Right. What does that mean? Uh, okay, fine. Uh, I don't understand the mortality rate. Uh, second, reducing mortality is not the most emergent goal of the shutdowns. The first is to prevent hospital capacity for predicted surge. Okay, so let's pick that one apart. Mm hmm. That was the original intent of lockdowns, right? Mm-hmm. To prevent the hospitals from being overwhelmed. That was what they meant by flattening the curve. Yes. You know, to make sure that hospitals were not overwhelmed. Not a single hospital, to my knowledge, in the United States has been overwhelmed. Not a single one. So, looks like we've accomplished that. A lot of them are emptying out. Mm-hmm. I've, I've brought up articles that have said hospitals are emptying out. The, the, ship mm-hmm. that, the ship that came into New York yeah. with all the extra beds and medical capacity, they left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was big news when it came in. Yeah. No, I didn't know it had left. You, you I heard about it when left. it came in. Yeah, I exactly. Know. I didn't know it had left. But. It was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the temporary hospital that they put up, the military hospital, they reduced it from like 1,000 beds to 200 beds. We talked about that one on the show. Mm-hmm. So... The goal of the shutdowns was, yeah, to prevent hospital capacity. We we have not overwhelmed the hospital. It's time to start opening up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can monitor the situation. Because of all of the other things, you know, you got no revenue for the government, keep a shutdown. Uh, the more businesses that die, the less tax revenue you have, the more people you have in unemployment, the higher the deficit's going to be, the worse the debt's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's just how, how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, the second is to reduce mortality, reduce the area under the curve. But what he's, he is, okay, so I'm back to, back to quoting this guy. So the second is to reduce mortality, and then in parentheses, reduce the area under the curve. But what he is failing to also incorporate into his logic is that the cases and deaths we are seeing are within the context of the shutdowns. Yes, they are. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to isolate that. The cases and deaths we are seeing are within the context of a shutdown. And we saw models projecting mm-hmm. 
something vastly different. Uh, we saw models projecting something vastly different for Sweden that was not under lockdown. Oh, yeah. For areas that have never been on lockdown. So what you, Mr. Epidemiologist, are failing to understand is that we have more models than just the shutdown. We have models that have never locked down. We have models that have gone to severe lockdown. We have models in the middle. You've got to look at all of them, not just looking at the shutdowns. Uh, you cannot say what another outcome would have been unless you look at that outcome having been tested. We cannot say that we definitively took the best course because we cannot see the alternate you know, choices and how they would have played out. You can guess at them all day, every day. You can argue about them. You can make predictions about them. I think we took the wrong recourse, um, but that is not something that you can say within, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Also, the reducing the area under the curve. We cannot save a single person from COVID-19. Oh, right, right, yeah. Not a single one. If you are going to get COVID-19 and you are going to die from it, we cannot save you. There are things that we can do to try and treat you, but uh-huh. we do not have a cure. We do not have anything. So yeah. if you're going to get it, you're going to die. We cannot save a single life. And in the long run, we can't save a single life anyway. Right. Even if we were to save them somehow from COVID-19, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Very soon, probably, because if they were in the hospital, they were probably yeah. very old. So, again, this idea of taking just one life. We've saved a life. Mm-hmm. And making policy like that, that's, that's a horrible way to make policy. I mean, if that was going to be the case, we would drop every single speed limit down to 25 miles an hour. We would save a ton of lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We would right. save countless lives. Yeah. Nobody would be able to get anywhere. The economy would shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be, it'd be a lot harder to do anything. So we take calculated risks. We right. say, no, it is, yes, it is a risk going 70 down the highway mm-hmm. in a metal box that can blow up and light on fire. I mean, it's not the safest thing in the world to do. We take that calculated risk every day because we live in a society right. where this stuff is necessity. While we live in a society where working is a necessity, you can't just say, oh, we're going to save a life, therefore, bam, mm-hmm. all businesses are down. Yeah. That's not how – you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying you're, you're reducing mortality, that is just flatly false. You are not reducing mortality. You are not saving anyone. You have not saved one single life. The people that are going to die, died. The people that were going to die without medical attention – have gotten the medical attention they need. Mm-hmm. They have not died. So right. that, those are the only lives that you can actually say you saved. And we that, that's a really hard thing to say. You know, would this person have died without going into the hospital? Who the hell knows? Yeah. You know, I, a lot of them have gone into the hospital. As we saw, one in three Michigan residents <laughs> that have tested positive are now 30 days out from their positive test. Right. So he actually acknowledges, though, people under 65 are a lot less likely to die but that does not mean that large numbers of them do not require hospitalization and intensive care to survive. Well, actually, that is what it means. Yeah. That is exactly what it means. <laughs> that the, most of the people going into the hospital do not need to be put on ventilators. What are you doing for them that they couldn't do at home? Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You're maybe rolling them over on their stomach or trying one of these new mm-hmm. you know, procedures. But, that, yeah, that's just... we. You can't say definitively that you're... You right. are the one that is saving this person. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible that they would have gotten sick. They would have been coughing and puking or, you know, whatever the, the symptoms are. Yeah. And they would have gotten over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot more of this stuff in there. It's just uh, kind of talking point after talking point Yeah. Um, from the epidemiologist. So, I don't know. I think I've rambled enough. Is there anything in there that you wanted to comment on? No, I think you pretty much covered all of it. Pretty much covered and I, all And of I it. threw out anything that I... All okay. my thoughts, so. All right. Faithan, anything further from you for the day for our listeners? No? Not that you want to hear. Nope. Not. I want to hear it. What? No, you ignored me. When? When I texted you. You texted me? Just now? No, messenger or whatever a while ago about the hospitals. The hospitals? Yeah, you said not a single hospital has been overrun. Mm. Well, I'm not on messenger, so you shouldn't probably tell me that. You responded once. You said not oh. a single hospital has been overrun. I said an ICU nurse in Detroit that is related to somebody I know that I've talked to about this 
uh, has said that, like, because it's her niece and they talk a lot. Okay. It's like they have had to refuse people because they didn't have enough beds. Did they send them to another hospital in the same area? See, that's not the same. See, see, one hospital not being able to take any more patients is not the same as the hospital, the healthcare system is overrun. Okay? These are two different things. Okay. If you can, if you have to go to a hospital and they say, we can't take you, but this other hospital can take you, that's not hospitals being overrun. Okay. okay. Hospitals being overrun means I cannot find a hospital to take me. Okay. That's so, not happening. Okay. That's where there was just miscommunication. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's not happening. So, while, yeah, may, some hospitals may be at capacity, but no, nobody in Michigan has not been able to go in for care. Uh, there have been people that have refused to go into care. I know, especially in New York, everybody's terrified of going into the hospital. They've had people dying in their homes. But that's not because the hospitals can't take them. It's because they didn't go to the hospitals. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, so it's just a miscommunication. Cool. All right. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> we got That's that. It. We got that one cleared up. All right. So for this week, uh, thank you for listening so much. Uh, we appreciate it. If you have not subscribed already, please do so. Be looking for updates uh, coming for the uh, website, the store, all that fun stuff. So, yes, look look for all that. Uh, if you wanted to write into the show at all, our Gmail is straightnewsforyou at gmail.com. So write in, tell us what you think. Uh, tell us if you disagreed with anything, if you agreed with anything. We'd love to take uh, fan mail. Uh, we'll talk about it on you know our show. Just address it to either myself or Jim. Um, questions, comments, concerns, anything that you have, we will answer it. Guaranteed best answers in Michigan. Uh, I can't say 100% correct because that's that's Clavin shtick, but uh, best answers in Michigan, and uh, that is a guarantee. So, thank you again so much for joining us. We will see you again next week for the podcast. I'm Thomas. And I'm Jim.